Welcome to the Global Band Group, a podcast that brings you stories, news, and great guests from across the world of wind, brass, marching band, and drum corps. My name is Keith Kelly, and I'm a band director from the west coast of Ireland. Each episode, I sit down with band musicians and directors from across the world to talk about their stories, their bands, and how they're making an impact in their communities. Before we start, you can find out more about the podcast and the people and stories that we feature over at bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the global band room. And now on with the show. Welcome back to the band room. Uh, It is almost St. Patrick's Day and to celebrate that we have a number of shows lined up over the next week. Today of course if you haven't noticed the show title already uh, we are going to be talking to John Meehan who is the arranger and brass caption head with the Blue Devils Drum Corps and very excited to be talking to him today. Uh, In addition to that we have the third episode of the Repertoire Happy Hour podcast coming out this week. Uh, Now if you're following all of the shows you'll notice that episode one came out in december and we haven't had an episode since then Uh, episode two is available on youtube but the sound quality wasn't great and so we put it on youtube only Uh, but the third episode will be released tomorrow and i was talking to gail brechting john carpenter of the irish defense forces and amy knops of university of missouri as well about all things to do with ireland so we talk about irish repertoire irish composers irish song uh, and that will be released on saturday this week um Next week, after St. Patrick's Day, we are going to be talking to Amy Knops uh, of the University of Missouri. And Amy has had her band here, the University of Missouri Band, Marching Band, the Marching Mizzou, have marched in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Ireland a number of times. So we're going to be talking to them. Uh, And then we have the first episode of Bandemic is being released next week as well. This is a four-week-long documentary podcast in a similar style to the Finding Drum Corps podcast from last year, and we'll be reflecting on the journey that we've all been on over the last 12 months since the pandemic kicked in. And we'll be talking to people from across the band world, not just band directors, but musicians and industry people, uniform makers, instrument makers, composers, everyone that has been affected by this pandemic in our band world. So that's the Bandemic podcast. You'll be able to find it here on the Global Band Room feed. And the first episode is dropping on March the 20th. Of course, it is almost St. Patrick's Day, and this is a big day for us here in Ireland, but also across the marching band world. It's a a day where many bands around the world get out and parade. And the official St. Patrick's Day festival in Ireland is putting on a huge event for that day, which many bands from across Ireland and across the world have got involved in too. And you'll be able to find out about all of those events and performances, virtual performances, over at stpatricksfestival.ie. And I really encourage you to head over there and see some of the work that the musicians from around the country have been up to this year. And with that, let's head over to our interview with John Meehan, Brass Caption Head with the Blue Devils Drum Corps. Well, I am delighted to have uh, a friend, uh, John Meehan from the uh, Blue Devils, all the way from California, join me here on the Global Band Room this week. John, hi, how are you? I'm great, Keith. Thank you so much for having me here. You, uh, like you say, all the way from California. Yeah, it's been a, an exhausting flight coming to, to be here with you today. 
So <laughs> man, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I would yeah, I would love to have said that we were in the same room right now and sharing a cup of tea and 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 I, having this conversation. But what's I've been funny stuck about in that, this house like you for months now. <laughs> I think we would have a fight about whether I got to go to you or the, or vice versa though. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we probably choose to meet in San Antonio like we should be, right? For you know what? That's, right now. That is this week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that actually, I didn't think of that. Oh man, that's because, you know, for an Irish man uh, to be able to go and actually put a t-shirt on in February is, <laughs> is <laughs> you know, I, I feel spoiled every year and I'm not getting that this year. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't remember the last time I didn't go to TMEA in February. Um, it's been forever, you know, and the last couple I've been able to see you and meet you for a drink afterwards. And it's been great. So, yeah, I think it was TMEA that we first met, actually, I, I believe. I think it was. Yep. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I remember that. And we talked about, you know, the the potential of coming to Ireland at some stage. And, yep. you know, what? Well, I think the later, first time I think the first time was at the uh, the Blue Devils rehearsal for finals. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that is right, actually. Um, how could I forget that? How could I forget that? Well, talking about the Blue Devils. Um, <laughs> so for anyone that, you know, isn't aware of who John is, uh, John is the brass caption head for one of the, if not the, uh, top drum corps in the world, and and I know there's quite a lot of drum corps fans that that listen to the show. They they find it, they found the show through the Finding Drum Corps podcast. But there's a lot of people out there that come from the concert band world, and um and even some from the orchestral world as well. John, tell me a little bit about uh, how the Blue Devils have been getting on this year. Your season was cancelled, and it left you know a, a gap in your year to say the least. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so you were just talking about, you know, the, all the different types of banding that, um, you know, is maybe joining us in this podcast today. So for those of you that don't know who the Blue Doubles are, um, it's, it's a very, it's like a drum corps is similar to a marching band, um, but it's brass and percussion oriented only with color guard. And um, the Blue Doubles have been around for over 60 years now, based in Northern California. And it's it's just an amazing organization. We have um, three musical groups, the A Corps, the B Corps, and the C Corps. Uh, the A Corps is the one that is world-renowned and world-famous. Mm-hmm. And then our, our B Corps group is actually about high school-age students. And it's kind of like a feeder group um, where it's more localized. Uh, the members for the B Corps are only from California. And you have to be able to drive to rehearsal. We don't right. allow people to fly in like we do for the uh, the A Corps. And then our C Corps group is kind of junior high and elementary school. And it's actually where I started um, when I was nine. Um, the the Blue Devils at that time had an A Corps, a B Corps, and a Drum and Bell Corps. And my dad was teaching the Blue Devils, and he wanted to get my brother and I involved. But we were too young to be in the B Corps. So he said, well, why don't, why don't we um, add brass to the drum and bell core and so my brother and i became the first horn players of the c core and that's that's really cool like, yeah and, uh, like just for it to be such a family um for, for such a family activity and like what you're describing there for any anyone that's listening from europe is actually kind of similar to some of the european style organizations that um aren't necessarily connected to their school they're much more community-based and and that's sort of a lot of the drum corps were originally 
community based yep. organizations, weren't they? Because I think when we think of US banding, we think of high school and college bands a lot of the time. But the drum corps were much more, I think, much more similar to that European community kind of organization. Would I be right in saying that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, um, if you go back to the roots of the Vanguard, the Blue Coats, you know, all these drum corps, it's all based around that community, you know, and there is a reason for the for the name of the group, you know, like right. Blue Devils. Um, there's a if you come to Concord, which is where we're from, there is a big mountain and it's called Mount Diablo. And so Diablo is, you know, the devils. And and ah. there was already a high school whose mascot was the Red Devils when we, <laughs> when we were formed. So they called it the Blue Devils. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, I had no idea that's actually where it came from. Yeah, so, you know, Mount Diablo is very, um, like all the members when they come to, to rehearsals with us in the summer, that one of the day trips that they'll always take on their day off is to go uh, hike Mount Diablo. Oh, and that's cool. It's a great place. And it'll, it's the only place like in our vicinity that will get snow at any point during the year. Um, when it gets really cold and, you know, and, and there's precipitation in the air, the top of Mount Diablo will actually get snow. So people will trek up there to go have their snow days. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And any reason for the any reason for the color? And and on that note, why is there so many blue cores in, in DCI? Oh, I, I I don't I don't know. Um, you know, maybe maybe because there is so many shade variations that you can do with it. Um, yeah, the good guys, the blue the blue team is always the good guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I I have no idea. You know, because um, for anyone that doesn't know, like there's the there's obviously there's the blue devils, uh, but there's the blue coats and there's the blue stars and there's the blue knights. Yeah, there's all these blues. It makes it makes finals retreat very, um, you know, scary because whenever whenever Brent Crocker and, and Brent Crocker <laughs> likes to start to, you know, and in 10th place, the blue like he had a great time with that two years ago when it was us and the blue right. coats first and second. Oh, and he, he might have dragged that out just a little too long. Um, <laughs> and Brant's a good friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a great guy. He's been announcing for Drum Corps International for so many years. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. I, he, I, he is. He's an iconic yeah. voice in it. And I think even if even if you're just sort of uh, remotely aware of what Drum Corps is, if you've seen it, you've probably heard his voice. Yeah, you've, you've heard Brant's voice. And Dan Potter is a close second, you know, like Dan's. Right. Dan's voice is iconic as well, um, just like Chuck Henson at at, um, at Bands of America. But um, yeah, so there are a lot of blue cores. And uh, besides the significance of we couldn't have Red and Mount Diablo, I, I can't give you much more information on ours. Fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I'm, in a year where... Um, and I kind of I want to get back into kind of talking a little bit about the C core now in a minute and sort of sure. your... your, your, your journey to to where you are now but but like in a year where there's been no drum corps uh, what have you found yourself doing this year <laughs> <Sean>? <laughs> um well a little bit of everything and um it's been very interesting because what i've what i've found that i miss the most is getting up at three o'clock in the morning and you know and trying not to wake up my wife as i get ready and gr- drag my luggage downstairs to go catch a six o'clock flight so I can go teach places, you know, it's been, mm. it's been really hard not having that as part of my life. And I used to dread those three o'clock wake up calls and now I'm yearning for them. You know, it's like, <laughs> I would love to have that three o'clock wake up call 
to go and teach somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so filling that, you know, that void of being busy all the time, my wife will say, Hey, look at the calendar. We have nothing on it for tomorrow. That never happens. And that's true because typically in our household, there's always three or four things going on, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm traveling or my wife's working or at one of our different jobs or the kids have something going on with theater or music or dance or something's going on. So that's been interesting. Um, not having those things on the calendar, but I want to fill the void, you know, and do things. So I've actually been taking online classes, you know, trying to, to get better at the skills that I utilize and then maybe learn some new skills um, doing online clinics whenever I can, uh, you know, a lot of bands, they, they want, they, they're trying to fill up the void of, you know, having to teach all the time online because kids, when they're staring at a zoom class, you know, it becomes very monotonous. So what, what can, what can you do as a band director to make that maybe a little bit more engaging and lively? And so having guests come in, um, is, is something to do, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, somebody maybe like myself that can bring in Blue Devil videos and talk about things and answer questions. Um, I did yeah, one for a band. Voice, isn't it? Like that, that, that yeah, different, different voice. voice. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Because, yeah. and, and I think that's, you know, I think we all sort of know, know that the importance of that from our rehearsals, even before COVID, but I think you can only go maybe so many weeks without bringing in a different voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> on zoom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I actually did one, um, for a band in Texas, uh, one of my great clients, uh, James E. Taylor high school. And I was doing a, you know, an, a two hour clinic with them online. And I had had the students send me questions beforehand. And there were so many questions about the blue coats you know, they're like, what did you think about the blue coats this? What did you think about the blue coats that? Why don't the blue coats beat you more? You know, why didn't the blue coats win in 2019? And there were all these questions about the blue coats. And so Doug Thrower, who is the uh, arranger for the blue coats, mm. um, is a great friend of mine. And we actually got inducted into the Drum Corps Hall of Fame the same year. And right. so I called Doug and I said, hey, I'm doing this clinic with this band that is in you know, they're infatuated with the blue coats. (laughs) Would you mind jumping in on the clinic like halfway through and talking to the band? And he said, absolutely. I'm looking for something to do. He's like, do I have to wear pants? I'm like, no. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that was fun. It's it's 2020. Does anyone need to wear pants? (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, But speaking of that, that's one thing I've tried to do Mm. every day is wake up in the morning and treat it like it it isn't this pandemic. You know, I I do my walk. I still wear, you know, normal clothes. I put my watch on, you know, I do all the things just so that because I I fear that if I got into the whole thing where, you know, where I didn't treat it like it was normal, that I would start to get a little bit more depressed than I even do. Um, Right. You know, so I've tried to treat every day still like, hey, put on jeans, put your watch on, do the things that you normally do. But it's 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 sort of like Joseph Hyden, you know, was renowned for having to wear his wig at his desk 
every day. He could not compose unless he yeah. came down wearing his formal clothes and his wig, his powdered wig. Yeah, you <laughs> got to put yourself in that mindset and right. then you have that confidence that it's going to happen. And if I don't wear my wig, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? <laughs> I have to wear some sort of footwear before yeah. I can work. Me too. Like yeah. it's, it's the strangest thing, uh, but I, I, I'm sitting here. You know, it's it's nine o'clock at night here here in Ireland. I, I could be sitting here in shorts, you know, with my feet getting a little bit of air, <laughs> but I'm not. I have to wear shoes because I would feel uncomfortable doing a podcast in a room of my own without some sort of footwear. Well, don't feel that you're odd and different because I'm sitting at my desk with my sneakers on and, you know, <laughs> I have a sweater on and jeans and I'm totally ready to go. So yeah, we're two peas in the pod there, Keith. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, but but you are right. I mean, um, now I haven't been good at the early morning thing. I'll be absolutely honest. Uh, that's that's always been a struggle for me. <laughs> well, anyway. I only know because my wife has to be up because she's a school teacher. Right. So, okay. So so we have to you know go to bed at a decent hour and get up early just so she can be ready for school. So I just force myself out as out of bed as well. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get better at that. I'm gonna have to stop these late night gaming sessions. Uh, they're, they're ruining my mornings. Um, but funny. you, you've, you've got. You say you're doing some courses and so on. And 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 I know you've been getting into quite a bit of audio engineering. And yep. the, you know, the drum corps has done some some projects like that. Then as well, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Is is that something that you've been enjoying doing? Oh yeah, um, loved it. I've had. I've, I've had a kind of like three different um, outlets for this. One is myself, you know, some bands have hired me to do video and audio editing for their virtual concerts. I've done it for, um, for jazz bands, wind ensembles, uh, choirs, um, a couple of dance studios have had me um, edit together their dance productions. Mm. So, so that's been awesome. And then for the blue doubles, we've done three, uh, we did a Chase the Clouds Away video with our 2020 members, and then we did a, an alumni group uh, got together. And the Blue Doubles have never really had an alumni group, so this was awesome for them to be able yeah. to get involved. We had over 100 alumni spanning over all the decades of the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s Very good. Um, participate in that project. And then at Christmas time, the Acor did Mary Did You Know, uh, we put together um, a video. And then I've done some work for a company called Our Virtual Ensemble. And um, it's it's based out of the um, GPG publishing. And basically bands have, they, they've, they've set this up, Our Virtual Ensemble has, to where bands can have a practice room and do all these um, great things to create these virtual concerts. And I've done a lot of audio editing for them. Uh, not the video editing, they have their own video editors, right. but I've done a lot of the audio editing. And one of the projects that I got to do through them um, was the intercollegiate marching band that was featured um, at the, the national championship college game. Very cool. And it was 900 kids were involved in it, um, um, featured from over 200 college and university bands and 45 states were represented. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question and you can tell me whether you want to answer it or not, John, yeah, but did you use every audio track that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a fair question. And you know, like with the videos, you have to use all the videos, you know, right. Of course. Um, with the audio, obviously you can do different things with the, the balancing and the leveling. 
Um, I like even at the Blue Devils, it's one of those things where I we believe, and this this stems back to Jim Ott when he taught at the Blue Devils, and my dad when he taught at the Blue Devils. Mm-hmm. You, everyone participates, you know, right. everyone all the time. So I have a hard time cutting someone out of something. But when you have 900 people playing, yeah, a couple of videos or a couple of audio segments probably didn't get used the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's some, you know, sometimes there's some problem with the distortion or something. It's not because they're bad players, but there's sometimes right. the audio just doesn't work or the click track didn't quite work out the, the, right, the right way. Or uh, because there was no rehearsals, they didn't, you know, play a certain rhythm the right way. And you've got 42 other third trumpets that you can use, you know, in that moment. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's there's always something, um, but I try to in all of these things that I've done try to utilize everybody, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes you just can't because it it takes away from the general production value. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, drum corps people are you know by by almost by by definition uh, in, innovative people. I think, uh, and I think that goes for the arts generally and, and, and music, especially, you know, we're so uh, on the cutting edge of things a lot of the time um, that, you know, in, innovation is kind of part of what we do. And, and I spoke to you before on the Finding Drum Corps um, podcast about right. Blue Devils being an innovative uh, drum corps. And, and this year we've had to be very innovative. Do you see the what we've done over the last year and the skills that everyone, you know, you've learned and the kids have learned and the rest of the staff have learned. Do you think it's going to impact some of the productions and some of the, um, some of what we see on the field in coming years? I, that's a, that's a great question. And it, it's hard to answer because I think like when we can actually get back together again and start to perform live, uh, I think that, you know, a lot of these tasks and these skills that we've learned from being virtual, I think we're going to want to go as far away from them as we possibly can. You know, I think that we're going to want to have more live concerts and we're going to want to, you know, participate more together and creating together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it will, it will make, I think where it's going to affect things the most is in the, in the um, preparation segment you know, like you're going to be able to actually maybe rehearse further apart, you know, like, so whereas Blue Devils, we had to get together once a month, you know, leading up to the summer. Well, maybe you can do that now every other month, you know, Mm -hmm. but in between, we're now better at this Zoom rehearsal. We're now better at putting together a mock um, performance of what it would sound like if we were all together. Right. And so I think it's going to help in that regard. And, and, and I mean, that's going to make that's going to make participation in drum corps um, uh, more affordable, I'd imagine, too. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you know? I would definitely agree with that. Whereas a kid that maybe lives in the East Coast um, and wants to march Blue Doubles or Vanguard or something like that. And let's say now he only ha- uh, he or she only has to travel out twice instead of five times. Right. Yeah, that's going to make it a lot more feasible from a financial standpoint. Yeah. Well, John. Uh, and I do want to talk about a little bit more about what Blue Devils are going to be doing in 2021. Yes, but I, but I want to go, I want to go backwards for a little bit. We talked okay. a little bit about sort of you, you are drum corps royalty in some in some <laughs> respects, in that you're part of a dynasty uh, of of drum corps people. Um, 
And you started off in the in the in the C Corps, but but not only did you start off in the C Corps, the C Corps started off with you too, really, from talking to you before. You were you were part of that first generation of of C Corps players, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like um, as we briefly talked about, the C Corps um, before my brother and I got involved was a drum and bell corps, so it was just um, parade based. And it had a, a little percussion section and, you know, a couple glockenspiels on harnesses and, um, and a color guard. So, mm-hmm. you know, my, when, when my brother and I got involved, it became the C-Corps, you know, and, uh, and, and it was great because it, it now became, you could join when you're in that eight, nine, 10 age area, you could join the Blue Doubles. Uh, you mm-hmm. didn't have to wait until you're in high school um, to be able to be a part of it. And so most of the kids joining at that age, would that be the first time that they actually um, played a drum or, you know, held a bugle of any kind? Um, because it seems to be just slightly younger than maybe middle schools or high schools or starting starting children. Would, would I be right in saying that? I think it's about 50-50. Um, Is it? Okay. It, you'll get the, the, um, the student, the child that their parent was a musician, you know, or part of drum corps or maybe... It was something that was important to them when they were in high school, but then they weren't able to do it after that and got them playing a trumpet early or a bugle early or a drum. And they were in the elementary school band, you know, and but then you get plenty of people that come in and they just want to be part of it. And Mm -hmm. they've seen the Blue Doubles, you know, uh, through our family day performances or any of the other um, big events that we're part of. And they want to just be part of that. And their school doesn't offer a musical program. So they're right. able to join the C Corps that kind of gets them prepared uh, for when they go into middle school or high school. And would you would there be would there be many of the C Corps that would see themselves um, right through the, the whole uh, organization? Like would they, yep. would the retention be high from C to B to A? Yeah. Um, no, it's not high. The, the, the retention isn't high C to B to A because, um, you know, for, for many different reasons. But there are, you know, in every, you know, five-year span, there's always that member that goes from C core to B core to A core and is this star. You know, um, in the color guard, we had Olivia um, who went C core, B core, A core. And there's been several, several in all the sections, percussion, guard, brass. Um, I'm just using a couple examples. Olivia was featured in the, um, in the ink show. Mm. Uh, so 2015, if you watch the end of that show, that was the year that we brought the little girl out onto the field finals, finals week. Right. And that was one of our C core members was the little girl, but oh, cool. the girl that led her around at the end, Olivia, she had marched C core, B core, A core. Very cool. So it was this kind of very cool cycle, you know, of things that had happened. Um, in the horn line, uh, I remember I was teaching C core. Um, like right now, I'm involved in all three groups. I don't just teach the A core, I'm involved in the B core and the C core. And for a span there, I was teaching almost weekly at the C core. And one of our members was that came in was this girl named Rachel. And, um, I remember her first rehearsal, I said, I can't wait to have you in the A-Core. <laughs> really? Like, like, you are going to be incredible. And and she absolutely was. She marched through the C-Core. She marched through the B-Core. And, and it's funny because she was one of the trumpet soloists in the Ink Show. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah, and she marched all three corps. And then you have the Odellos uh, that I think all of those boys, uh, um, they marched in the C Corps, the B Corps, and the A Corps. You know, um, Andrew, Ryan, Ricky, and Adam. Uh, I think all of them marched all three corps. And so, so how many years would that span? Um, you know, you would join probably when you were nine or 10 and, and then age out when you were 21. So a 10 or 11 years, you know, 12 years of your life dedicated to the, to the core. Wow. I mean, it's over half your life by the time that you age out. Yep. No, absolutely. No, it it absolutely is. It's a huge Mm. part of who you are and, and who your family is, you know. And you were one of those, John. So to, 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 to get back to, to your own, um, Mm -hmm to your own uh, sort of path and journey through this, you, you went from, from, and was the expectation for you, you know, your, your, your father is obviously a legend within the blue devils and within drum corps. And, um, you know, was the expectation, did you have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I had a choice. Um, I think right. my brother and I had a choice, but I don't know if we knew we had a choice, <laughs> but I, I think that we did have a choice and, right. but we both loved it. You know, it's like I, I, I loved two things at that age and that was baseball and music. Um, And I played baseball all the way up until my freshman year in high school when I then had to make a choice, Um, you know, and that choice was, do I continue to dedicate time to this athletic sport or do I go and do this music thing? And I chose the music thing um, Mm -hmm. and I, and, and I loved it, but uh, yeah, it became a huge part of who I was and what I was known for. You know, even in my high school circles, I was known as that drum corps guy. You know, <laughs> that that went away in the summers and and always came back more tanned than everybody else. <laughs> you know, um, but I was part of the Blue Devils for ten years as a marching member. Um, three in the C Corps, three in the B Corps, and four in the A Corps. So it was a full decade. Um, and what, what what years for anyone listening? Where, where, where was the um, was the A Corps years for anyone that's sort of trying yeah. to pick out what shows you might have been part of? So nineteen eighty six was my first year, um, and that was the year Blue Doubles won, played Channel One Suite and Spanish Fantasy, and then eighty seven I marched. I was the soloist in the Harlem Nocturne um, production in nineteen eighty seven. Uh, 1988, which was the year that uh, us and Madison, Madison had gone over to Europe and came back, you know, like full of life and energy. And they ended up winning in 88. Um, but that Blue Devils core in 88 was amazing. And then I marched 89, um, which was unfortunately the year that's known for that soloist, you know, on finals night that didn't, didn't have such a great night. Um, <laughs> But Dan is an incredible person. He was a good friend of mine. And that was my last year was 89. Now, notice I didn't say it was my age out year because right, okay. I wouldn't have aged out until 92. Mm. Um, but I ended up not marching my last three years in drum corps. How come? Um, a lot of different reasons. But my dad left the Blue Devils after the 89 season. Mm. And it wasn't a great, you know, like split up. Uh, between him and the core. And so I, you know, decided that, well, what if I focused on other things? And so I went to college and I ended up moving to Canada for a little while and teaching a core there called the Ventures, um, which was actually where I met my wife. um, Ah. And it was in that group. And and then in 92, I was going to go back to Blue Devils for my age out year. 
And I was like, okay, I'll march my age out year. Blue Devils, 92, it's going to be it. And in the fall of 91, Gail Royer, who was the core director and founder of the Vanguard, he asked my dad if he would teach Vanguard in 1992. And so my dad actually said, yes, I'd love to. Um, can I hire my own staff? Gail said yes, and my dad asked me if I would teach Vanguard in 92 with him. So I was like, okay, March Van uh, March Blue Doubles or teach Vanguard. <laughs> and and I knew that I wanted to teach drum corps. Like I knew right. that one of the things I wanted to do with my life was kind of do what my dad did, but also arrange. Because he had yeah. never really written music. He had just been a teacher. And <laughs> I thought, well, what better start than to just get going with the Vanguard? So I I taught Vanguard in 1982 and actually wrote half of that show with Gail Royer. So um, my age out year, I actually taught and wrote some of the 92 Vanguard shows. So, and that, that was the beginning of, you know, it's just, that's what you're doing now. Yep. No, that was absolutely the beginning of where I am now. And to be surrounded by the people that were involved in that drum court, Scott Johnson was teaching the drum line. In the mm -hmm. drum line was people like, um, you know, Murray Gussick. Um, was in the uh, the uh, the tenor line, and he became this huge, you know, star within our activity and percussion in general. Um, just so many great people that were involved in that '92 drum corps. Uh, it just spawned from there. Over the years, I've had the pleasure to host many visiting international bands, choirs, and orchestras here in Ireland, alongside my own bands and groups. Every one of these events is exciting. And my favourite part of each exchange is seeing the musicians, kids and adults, interact with each other, sharing their stories and experiences. If it wasn't for the accent, I'm not sure I could identify my own band kids sometimes. So when I got into the music travel business, I wanted to make sure I was working with a company that understood that these exchanges were at the heart of the experience, and not just something to be ticked off an itinerary. I've been so fortunate to find not one, but two companies. Celtic Horizon Tours in Ireland and Kaleidoscope Adventures in Florida. They share these values and they respect the ensembles and students that they work with. So, whether you're trying to plan a domestic tour in the US with the highest of standards for ensuring your group is safe and healthy, or whether you're starting to plan for that international trip in 2022, you can contact me at keith at globalbandroom.com to start working with me and these world-class student travel teams. And while you're doing that, you're supporting the podcast and documentaries. Thank you. Did you ever consider going into high school, uh, being a high school band director, middle school band director? Was that ever a path that was something that you might have thought about? I, I did. And I still do. You know, I still ask myself if what I want to do is that. And for a little while, I did go to a university and was running the uh, athletic bands. Um, mm. But but I love. I love that ability to have the effect of going in and being a clinician and working with a group for three days and, and challenging yourself to see how much you can do in those three days and then right. go somewhere else and the Blue Doubles became a very time-intensive thing, being involved in the A Corps, the B Corps, and the C Corps. And, and it's like a full-time job. 
Um, but I also knew that I liked writing. Like I loved to write whether my, my ultimate dream when I was younger was to do film scoring and, and write to film and media. And I still want to do that, but it's a very <laughs> difficult um, business to get into. And so another outlet was writing for marching bands and concert bands. And so between the blue doubles and writing, it became something that was very time intensive and basically allowed me to have a career that kept me at home to where my wife and I could be, you know, hands on with our children from the day that they were born, you know, until today. Um, but I still had that outlet of the teaching by being able to do clinics and work with the Blue Devils. It's, it must have seemed like a riskier proposition at, at some point, though. Like at, oh, you know, every, yeah. Just out of college, like it must have seemed the calling to take that safer option um, must have been strong through the years. Well, I didn't um, for the first six years of our marriage, I actually was doing all that. But I had a full time job at a bank mm. um, where I was working 40 hours a week um, for for a bank. And it made it very difficult because I was working 40 hours, only got two weeks of vacation. So the whole drum corps thing was difficult. Um, so what I ended up doing was every summer I would transfer uh, to different, different departments. So I ended up transferring to the department that started at three in the morning and got done at noon. Uh, and that was like, you know, checks that were coming in and doing with all the overseas wires and whatnot. And so I did that so that at noon, I would then go to rehearsal for Blue Devils and and do rehearsal from after lunch till the end of the rehearsal that day, get a couple hours sleep and go back to work. And then I took a, a two month leave of absence every summer so that I could go on tour with the core. And then I came back and did it all again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so it was, it was actually 99 when I decided, um, OK, let's just take a chance at this whole you know, freelance, self-employed, let's just work for ourselves. And, um, and, and it's worked out well, you know, I had the support of my wife who believed that I'd be able to put it all together and make it all work. And mm -hmm. she, um, she, you know, raised our kids and worked and at the same time. So it's, it's, it's like you said, it's been challenging because you don't know if you're going to have work the next day, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's done well for itself. And, and I like the challenge, you know, I love the challenge of having to put new things in front of yourself every day, um, in order to keep plugging away. Well, um, that's something that we actually share, John, is I started off with banking when I was doing my first music teaching job as well. That's awesome. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. Um, so that's, we, we can, we can, we can do a banking podcast at some stage and, and talk, talk banking. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, do you did you ever um did you ever consider uh your your obviously your work is mainly known with drum corps but you have a, quite a library in, in concert band music music as well is that something that you enjoy being involved in is it something that you'd like to do more of if if drum corps wasn't as intense as it, as it is and, and the, the amount of time that that blue devils takes up no, it, you're 100% right. I would love to do more with concert bands. Um, this, you know, through the pandemic, I've actually written um, three pieces, uh, you know, in the last eight, nine months. And um, 
it, it's I love that ability to write for um, you know from grade one all the way up to grade five. And uh, so, do you guys use the grading system? Like, is that a we you- we do? Yeah. So we we have two grading systems here. For anyone that's in the states, we have our um we have our individual grades, which are set by like the Royal School of Music, which is grade one to eight. Okay. And we're, we're graded on that, but bands use the system that's that's laid out because when we go to the publishers to buy our music, we're going to Hal right. Leonard, yeah, we're yep. going to Alfred, yep. and you know, so we're using the same system, yeah. So it's a great outlet to be able to write at those different levels and challenge yourself to create something like if you're writing at grade two, you know, or grade one and a half, how can you make it exciting for those kids? And when someone's listening to it, how do you make it sound like it's like a grade three or four? And when you're writing a grade five uh, or a grade six, how do you make that not sound forced and trite, you know, and make it be challenging but at the same time, make it feel like it f- is is completely musical and and communicating through all those expressions. So, do you find yourself sitting comfortably in any particular grade range, John? And and, and I, I say that you know, knowing that you know people that have spoken to that yeah. Johan de May uh, is very uncomfortable. Has said it to me that he's very uncomfortable writing at sort of that grade one to three level. Uh, and then you have people like Brian Balmages who uh, writes amazing stuff at, at that level and, and, yep. and very mature stuff, you know, like, you know, stuff that, that isn't condescending to, to the children at all. Is there, you know, is do you find a comfort anywhere, anywhere in particular, or are you, you still exploring that? Well, I, I'm definitely still exploring it. Um, but I love that two to four, you know, mm. um, and, and speaking of Brian Balmages, his stuff is amazing. And I, and a lot of the scores that I will study, I'll just buy scores off J.W. Hepper and, right. and pieces that I like and start to study them, you know, and, and I've purchased more than I need to of Brian Balmages scores. <laughs> um, but his he stuff is a, great. Yeah. He has a way of writing for young band that is, is very expressive mm-hmm. and, um, as I, uh, I use the word condescending quite a bit because just sometimes, you know, sometimes that grade one stuff can be, even the kids think it's childish, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know, grade two to grade four is actually that, a real sweet spot for us here in Europe as well because we don't have that many bands that are playing grade five plus music right, right. yeah um and so so hearing someone that that is enjoying writing within that grade two to grade four range um is is great so i i i i don't really encourage my european friends to maybe go to your website and go and find your music yeah, and, anyone that's and listening that more here to commission something i'm cheap right now so i <laughs> <laughs> you know ask me but i did want to um i did want to touch really quick one of the pieces that i've written in the past several months um was for another offshoot of the blue doubles which is called our diablo wind symphony and oh, cool. and you may not even be aware that we have this i um, wasn't tell me about this yeah so the diablo wind symphony is actually a youth band in the um in our area so it's made up of only students in the concord area uh you know surrounding high schools and it's a wind ensemble and it's been around for decades. And, um, and so this year I've actually stepped in and, and gotten involved with them. So I'm doing their weekly rehearsals. Uh, and I wrote a piece uh, for the band that will be part of our concert in May. So, wow. yeah. 
So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's kind of been one of the outlets that's really kind of tided me over was being involved with those students and that, that staff team. Tell me a little bit more about the the wind ensemble. So they're they're all members of their own school programs, yep. but just like drum corps, they come together for this uh, wind symphony. Um, you know, for how many concerts would would you would you maybe do in a year? They'll do um, four concerts in a year, so two per semester. So okay. every every three months they're putting on a concert. That's in a normal year. Now this year, our, you know, they, they weren't able to do anything the first semester, and we're just going to do one concert this semester. Um, but in a typical year, they'll do four. And is there much overlap between the membership? Um, of, of the a stu- if it's, uh, no, with the, the core to that, there's no overlap. Okay. Um, very infrequently will you have somebody be part of the Diablo Lynn Symphony and the Blue Devils. Maybe the B core, you know, but it's a completely different clientele. These are students that are very devoted into the concert band literature, right. and they're going to go to college to be band directors, and they don't really have that desire to put it together with the athleticism that is, um, you know, drum right. corps. And but so it is part great. of the same organization. Is it? Is it the yeah. same management as as the as the core? Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the same umbrella. Um, so Sean Gallant would be the you know the overall director of it. But beyond Sean, I'm the first one that's kind of come in from the Blue Devil side to work with it. Otherwise, it's been local college band directors and other music professionals from the Bay Area. Tell me a little bit about your work then arranging for other marching uh, organizations. So obviously, we, we, you know, you're doing a huge amount of work with drum corps, and, and now we're finding about about this wind symphony and your concert band arrangements and, and compositions. Um, but you're also being commissioned fairly regularly and, and, and very, you know, very busy writing for marching bands around the US. Um, tell me a little bit about some of that work. Yeah, that's, that's what's been very fortunate and kind of made this whole career path work is... Um, the ability to write for marching bands all over the country and in other countries. Like I have several clients in Japan um, and I've written for groups in, in, in um, Brazil and Thailand. So it's been, it's been incredible to be able to do this, but um, you know, competitive marching band in the United States is huge. And there's a huge difference between, you know, the college marching bands that are basically show bands for, you know, halftime performances and there's a lot of high schools that do that same kind of thing. They don't they don't go to the competitive side. They stick pr- primarily in the halftime performances, parades, that kind of thing. And then there's also the the competitive side that would strive to be part of the Bands of America Grand National Championships. Right. And so like I mean if you just look at the Bands of America Grand National Championships, every year there's 90 plus bands competing at that one competition you know, and they're represented from all over the country. That's huge. Um, and then if you go to some of the, uh, the uh, regionals that they have, especially like the San Antonio one um, and some of the other super Atlanta, there's over a hundred bands, I think now competing mm-hmm. at those uh, regionals. So it's a huge thing. And what I love the most about it is when I'm able to actually go in and work with the bands and meet those students and have it come to life, similar to what I do at the Blue Devils. Uh, most of my clients, I'll never meet the students. Uh, I'll just write the music and send it off to the band director and hope for the best. Um, mm-hmm. But I really love when I'm I'm able to actually work with the group and be part of you know the maturation and and development of that show. 
you know, I think people, anyone that watches sort of competitive uh, marching band or drum corps, you know, marching uh, activity, uh, will have will have noticed over you know the years that the that that show band, as we would call it here in Europe, sort of scene is very much been influenced by by drum corps mm-hmm. um, and the style of music that's being played and the style of shows that have been put together. But do you approach it differently, uh, John? And I, I'm not just in terms of standard, but is there a different approach to writing for a, a marching group than there would be to to writing for a drum corps? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, even writing for different drum corps, you have to take into account the, the, the level of the student. Um, what, is that, what is that group's goal? You know, and one of the things I love about the Blue Doubles is people will think that you know, competition is the number one thing. But for the Blue Doubles, it's innovation and it's that ability to give the student and the performer that ultimate experience. You know, and never far from our mind is what is the audience thinking? You know, one of my favorite movie types is the movie that makes me want to talk to somebody afterwards about what I just saw mm-hmm. and then go and see it again. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Memento by Christopher Nolan, but it's one that I had to watch three or four times to really understand what was going on. It's a real Christopher Nolan movie then, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was written by his brother. Um, Okay. But, you know, so the Blue Doubles, to me, do that. Like, I'll I'll even watch Blue Doubles shows throughout the summer and notice new things in the color guard, you know, choreography Mm. or in the the percussion instrumentation and, and orchestrations that Scott does. So, but to answer your question, yes, every group and every show that I write is completely unique. You know, you... Um, you have to talk to the band director about the strengths and weaknesses. What soloists can we um, feature that are going to be great, you know, that we should get out there? And then what's the goal of the band? Is the goal of the band to win the state marching contest or is it to basically entertain our, our fans and our audiences but still be competitively successful? So I, I think that, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and one of my favorite things to do is to take music that you would never think should be on the field and make it feel totally natural on the the football field. What what if you if you had to give me an example of that, John? Um, is there anything that you're very proud of? Uh, any piece of music that you're incredibly proud of getting onto a field that you didn't think that would be possible? Well, I think when when Scott Chandler came to us with "Everything Must Change" um, as the ballad for the 2017 show, um, you know, Dave, Dave Glide and I were like, okay, well, it's a, it's an incredible pop song, but what's it going to be like on the football field, mm. you know, and that became a huge challenge and it ended up being one of the most iconic drum corps ballads of, in my opinion, all time. It, it's, um, it's sort of, it's one of the, it certainly is a definitive ballad. Um, yeah. when, when, you know, when, when you're trying to show newcomers to the activity, this is what the ballad right. moment bridges, should be. It bridges That's... pop music to what we're doing in the banding right. world. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd encourage anyone that hasn't seen that 2017 Blue Devils ballad to to go and um, watch that moment. It's it's just a, it's a stunningly beautiful moment. And the, 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 the color guard... Uh, we we could do a podcast moment. on just that ballad. Like if, <laughs> if you ever wanted to do something, because seriously, there are stories beyond stories of that entire song. You know, yeah. I, I could talk about for 30 minutes just about the trombone soloist, you know, and 
and give us some I think meat. we did John I think we sat in a car and talked about yeah, for yeah. about 30 minutes about some <laughs> probably right after I was playing you my judges tapes because I was in right. Ireland instead of on tour with the Blue Devils <laughs> um yeah and, and by the way my first ever time hearing hearing a judging tape so um that was it that was it that was it i think it was even john williams uh not sorry john williams but i think it was john phillips that we listened to his tape and now <laughs> yes. john are good friends so we we are and he's he's taught me a little bit about judging as well um and i got to do my first judging this year um which was which was very interesting that's um, awesome so so yeah i've come a long way john since we since we had that road oh, trip absolutely you um, have. so uh, we've had a lot of drum corps um being i suppose they've, they've had a year to rethink about what this year might be for them um and and, and obviously dci are, are putting together their plans for for what the season potentially might look like if things go well this year but every core has had its own goals um, and and uh, motives and 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 its own uh, students to to look after as well. Tell me a little bit about Blue Devils process and what the, the process to get to where you are now, and then what the the year might look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we've been working basically since the cancellation of the 2020 season on what are we going to be able to do in 2021, um, and then how do we look forward to 2022. So. The main goal of everything that we've done, and this has all been spearheaded and led by our CEO, Sean Gallant, um, we've worked with representatives from like the Bill Gates Foundation um, on, you know, how do we keep our membership safe uh, and, and working through when is it okay to start planning to do things? You know, what is the anticipation of what we're going to be able to do? So for us, we've, we've really trying to take this seriously of giving everybody that participates the best possible experience in 2021. And so we've come up with the ideas that we've put out there. The first being our virtual audition Academy, which actually starts um, February 8th. Um, and it's a 10 week course to try to help anybody that has ever wanted to audition for the blue devils or anybody that just wants to get better at preparing for an audition or for a jury or for anything. It doesn't have to be for this upcoming blue double season but it's a 10 week course on, on how to grow and get better as a musician and prepare for, you know, an audition or a jury or that kind of thing. And so that's kind of our first thing is we wanted, since we have this ability in this time, how can we do that? So we're offering that Academy. And then our auditions for the 2022 season are actually going to be completed in May of 21. Wow. So every, everybody <laughs> that we, exactly. Yeah. But we know that we're going to need extra time to prepare for 2022 because we haven't had that, you know, that yearly um, training of the members as we normally would. You know, mm. we've now lost two seasons of training those members. The core that will eventually come out onto the field in 2022 might have 20 members that were on the field in 2019. Wow. You know, like the Blue Devils are going to have at least 120 of the 150, I think, be gone. That's, uh, that's and, such a huge turnover. E exactly. And so the culture that has been embedded into the Blue Devils and the expectations and, and all the things that through osmosis, you know, every year we're able to grow and nurture and, and mm -hmm. that's all going to be kind of gone. So, you know, so we know that that's an important thing to get back into the core. So that's why the auditions are 
going to be completed in May of 21. Right. And then what we'll do in the summer is we have several things planned, but um, two are intensives for the 2020 membership. So the, um, the group that would have competed in 2020, as well as um, the people that are going to be part of the 2022 core. So we're trying to give an experience to both, but at the same time, they'll be able to work together so that the 2022 uh, members are going to be able to learn from everybody that would have been a part of the 2020 core. Um, and those experiences are we're going to do an L.A. music intensive, which is going to be based around um, Fox Studios in Hollywood. And we've got a couple of recording projects that are going to happen during that time, um, as well as some other performance activities and maybe preparing some, um, you know, some um, video product that will be shown at the, um, the kickoff event in Indianapolis. So it's a real changing of the guard sort of year um, in, in many respects then, John. Am yeah. I right in saying that, this, that the main focus for this year, I suppose, has been, as you said, the, that the culture uh, to be handed from one generation uh, to the next? Yep. Um, and that, and has that, that, was, that was at the heart of a lot of this planning, was it? Yes, absolutely. It, you know, I like the way you put that, the heart of the planning. I think that the heart of the planning was can we give the the folks that lost the 2020 and 2021 season um, an opportunity to have great experiences as Blue Devils at the same time as starting to train the folks that are going to be the 2022 Blue Devils and get them into the right state of mind and culture that we're going to want so that it doesn't ever look like we skipped a beat. It strikes me, John, that one of the advantages that Blue Devils has um, might be that you've had a great retention of staff over the years. Mm -hmm. you, you Blue Devil seems to have just a, a really strong team um, from yourself to Scott Johnson, um, like just people that have been around for for, for, for years. And, and so that culture, which comes from the top a lot of the time, is still going to be there within, at, at the very least, the staff. Correct. No, absolutely. That's definitely going to be there. And uh, Sean Gallant and the rest of the Blue Double administration and board of directors has done a great job of working with all of us, Scott Chandler, Jamie Hawley, Todd Ryan, Jay Murphy, um, with all of us to keep us engaged and involved, even as we haven't really been employees of the Blue Doubles for the past year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're sticking around and this is going to be something that we want to continue to do. The tough part is so much of being a Blue Double is spent away from the staff. You know, uh, during all days when you're um, in the apartment buildings, when you're not at rehearsals or on the buses as we're traveling from one place to the next. Right. You know, and that's where a lot of who they are starts to really come out. And that's that culture that needs to, you know, to kind of be shaped um, into what is the culture of being a Blue Double. You know, mm -hmm. we can shape it while we're at rehearsal and all those kind of things. But we need to also be there when they're um, they're still blue devils, but they're not around us all the time. Well, I mean, it's shaping up to be an absolutely fascinating year, twenty twenty two. I mean, and and that starts this year. I mean, you know, you guys are starting now, and and, yep. and many of the other drum corps that I've spoken to, they're starting, they're planning for twenty twenty two now. And what do they do, or you know, what do they participate in the in the event that DCI are doing or not? They're all doing 
what they're doing now with a with a view to 2022 correct it means it's going to be the most fascinating season of innovation and rawness and emotion and surprises i just I, think it's going to be incredible i do i i completely agree and you're gonna have a lot of performers that are gonna want to get out there and perform again and you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna want to see these performers perform again yeah so i think from all aspects it's gonna be um something pretty special the other um the other thing that we're gonna hopefully <laughs> do this summer is take the 2020 membership plus um, some of the 2022 membership that we'll have uh, taken into the drum corps in May. And we're going to go to Basel and participate in the tattoo over there in June and July. Very cool. Yeah. Um, that's where the top secret drum corps uh, yes. for anyone that's into watching the tattoos, that's their, their home ground. So might be a, a, a round two of the drumline battle. Would that be right? Oh, absolutely. It's going to, um, it's going to be something incredible. And what's really special is this is going to be the Blue Devils. Uh, when BDI has come over there in the past and participated in the Basel or done Blue Devil International, it's been alumni um, and people that weren't quite um, part of that year's Blue Devils, and it's never been a full drum corps. When we come over there this July, it's going to be the 2020 and 2022 Blue Devils, and it's going to be a full drum corps, 154 members that we're going to bring over. Well, for any of my European band buddies anywhere, that's a that's a trip that they should really try to make because uh, yep. that would be uh, amazing to see that. And if you uh, make it over there, please come and say hi because I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, I'm 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 going to do my best to be there, um, and uh, I, I highly recommend if you get a chance to see the Blue Devils live and they're they're this close to you, you you, you better go do it. Um, John, where can people find out, number one, uh, about you and your work and your concert band work and your arrangements and compositions and so on? And number two, where can they go to find out about the Blue Devils and getting involved in some of these programs? Absolutely. Um, For me, uh, my website is jksmusic.com. And there you can find my marching band arrangements, my marching band compositions, my concert band pieces, my method books, um, a bunch of a, a bunch of everything about what I do from a, a musical creation standpoint. So jksmusic.com. Um, and then for the Blue Devils, it's www.bluedevils.org. Um, bluedevils.org. And there you can find everything out about the Blue Devils, including the A Corps, the B Corps, the C Corps. We have a special needs color guard. Um, and then we have the Diablo Wind Symphony. We have the RCC Drumline as part of the BDPA umbrella and, um, and everything else. So you can learn about all of that at bluedoubles.org. Well, I will have links to all of this in the show notes um, and on the website, globalbandroom.com. So you'll be able to go there um, where you get all the rest of your show notes as well and be able to link into everything that John and the Blue Devils are up to. John, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me tonight. Um, I'm, I'm an absolute pleasure, Keith. I appreciate what you're doing for the banding world and I, I love having you as a friend. So thank you so much. Thanks, John. Have a good day. You too.
So a huge thank you to John Meehan for joining me on this week's podcast to celebrate uh, Marching Music Week and the upcoming St. Patrick's Parade. Uh, I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, this Saturday, the third episode of the Repertoire Happy Air will be released and we're talking about all things Ireland and Irish music and Irish composers. So do check your podcast feed for that. And if you've enjoyed the show today, you can head over to your favourite podcast catcher and subscribe and maybe even leave a review. You can find all of the show notes for today's episode and previous episodes as well as all of the other shows that we produce over at globalbandroom.com and you can stay in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Global Bandroom. So until next time, stay safe and I'll see you back in the bandroom.